0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Intrigue Podcast. The pandemic has indeed been rather eventful for most of us. Probably a first-of-a-kind interaction with a global adversity for many of us. It gave me, gave me a chance actually to sit back and think and marvel at the large number of creations a human has made. From being a hunter-gatherer to now having structures all over the Our habits changed, maybe our way of living uh, changed. The way we converse has certainly changed. The list of human achievements is a, is way too long to in, encapsulate in a podcast. But there is a very interesting fragment that I believe that has stayed with us ever since the inception of humans as we know them today. And rather has been brought to the social limelight in the past few years or decades. Uh, so what exactly am I talking about? Uh, today's podcast will be based around sex, gender and concepts re- re- revolving around the same. To discuss the same and deep dive into this talk into this very intriguing and interesting subject I'm really grateful to being joined by none other than astajan hello asta how are you
1: hello hello I'm good how are you
0: I'm good I'm doing fine um just to uh, give the listeners a brief intro as to who Asta is asta runs a YouTube channel which goes by the name of equalist Asta she has been making videos on social issues that inside discussions fragments of pop culture which affect the society, all this, a few, uh, few board games, and much more trying to add value to her listeners. So, um, I believe, before we dive and discuss the interconnections which have, uh, you know, in the fa- uh, in the past few years evolved regarding um, gender, gender stereotypes, or maybe how it's a social construct, um, I would like to ask you, Asta, what is your personal uh, perception, as well as definition, when it comes to sex and gender?
1: Uh, I think this is not something that you know I spend too much time deeply really thinking about I think now is a time where we uh, you know are trying to give separate definitions to sex and gender Uh, I personally believe in you know the existence of men and women male and female and uh, you know there are people who are different or at least believe they are different and have no you know qualms about it but uh yeah, it's just, I, I don't think there is a set definition that needs needs to be given. Like if you really want to go the biological route, then I would, you know, say it, it would be very heavily uh, based on genitals for, you can say, most people, like 99% of the world. So, yes.
0: Right. Um, so, Asta, it's your personal opinion that, uh, according to you, biological sex actually determines gender. If I'm I'm interpreting that right.
1: I can say like for most people.
0: Right, for uh, most of the people. Um, Yeah. So so what do you think is the current distinction right now when we consider a person whom we uh, refer to as a male or maybe a person whom we refer to as a female? Because I believe in the past few years or decades, there have been um, probably a discussion as well as a very active movement with regards to how uh, the dynamics were probably different in, um, say, the 1950s. But um, right now, for both the genders, there have been um, uh, sort of this discussion or this push to uh, kind of break any any sort of stereotype or maybe a, uh, any sort of structure to which a person maybe, uh, you know, had, has to conform to because the society thought so. But right now, um, you know, there are certain... Uh, Of course, I also want to discuss the stereotypes that are actually attached to either of the genders and what is your take on whether these stereotypes, um, you know, have a basis with regards to how um, they are perceived by the society or there's a reason that a certain stereotype or maybe a certain um, trait is uh, favorably said to be, um, you know, better or maybe uh, more likely to be present in a particular gender.
1: I think you've asked me too many questions together, so I'll try to answer. And if I like miss out on something, just like let me know, we'll you know get back to that. So I think now it's a very you know a chicken and egg thing where you can say the like about where do stereotypes come from? Uh, Well, obviously there's some basis to it. Like if you don't even just talk about gender, you talk about basic stereotypes of you know. Oh, Indians love spicy food I mean that stereotype does come from some level of truth right so there's that and then there is now in the past you can say 50 years, 60 years or so media has played such a huge role a growing role uh, on us and now it's like is uh, you know whatever media we do consume are they you know taking instances from real life and putting it across or are we seeing that on television and ott platforms and movies and imitating that now like you know it's just who who copied whom first sort of Mm -hmm. a thing based based on very very specific stereotypes which are there and again I feel like certain stereotypes and now I'm not talking about like bad stereotypes or things like that, not, not to go in a very bad direction. But in general, I don't think stereotypes are that bad to you know, begin with. But what does become bad is if you are trying to shame somebody or put somebody down for not following a certain stereotype. So, I think that's where sort of the problem lies and people are, you know, tired of hearing it. It's not just, you know, you hear about it once. Oh, you know, if there's a female with short hair, she'll hear about that like 10 times a day. Uh, so, you know, after a certain point, you're just like, okay, stop it, like. we we shouldn't, you know, stereotype people so much. Also, I think in earlier times, we used to not talk a lot about stereotypes with regards to either gender because there was so much other stuff going on. Like even even when it comes to mental health, when it comes to so many other things, we used to not talk about it. I think now, obviously, I was not alive at the time. Is because there was so much going on. Like people were uh, from the beginning fighting to survive, you know, afterwards when things got a little better. People, you know, in India, we were uh, fighting during the partition. Then afterwards, uh, you know, there were people with huge families. Now is a time that people have smaller families, which is great. But people had so many mouths to feed that, uh, you know, this is not something they care about. And now when we are going in a more and more and more civilized place and a more and more, uh, you know, better world to live in, we are looking at these other things to make lives better and easier for different people so I guess that is why I think now is the time we are actually having a conversation about it because we can and again like you and I are having a conversation about it but there are so many people who don't live the privileged lives that we do who don't have who aren't in the position to have these conversations they are you know busy looking at hundred other things in their life which are more important to them rather than just uh you know, discussions about people's worldview or view on gender or anything of that sort. So, yes.
0: Right. I mean, uh, so to me, that's a very valid point with regards to how, you know, maybe only a part of the society right now um, has the ability to sort of discuss these um, sort of social issues or um, maybe I'll say social topics rather. Um. Mm-hmm. So, the, uh, there's this movement, uh, like everyone knows about feminism and it has been sort of central to uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, any, any sort of movement that, that is related to gender. Now your channel, you call yourself an equalist. Mm. So uh, it is something that intrigues me. Do you think uh, feminine feminism as a movement or maybe um, pre- trying to get equity or equality through this movement, has that to do um, anything with a power dynamic that might have been prevalent earlier between the both, uh, between the sexes?
1: i think this is a very broad question in terms of power dynamic like i mean i i i cannot fully grasp what you're trying to say when you say power dynamic like is there an uh, example
0: yeah i mean um, so like um it's 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 a given that uh, you know there, there has been this approach uh, with regards to how uh, maybe women were paid less in certain fields or uh, you know they don't get the opportunities um which are uh, you know on the eco, uh on the equitable playing field when, uh, compared to their male counterparts in many many fields. Um, some people also say there's a um, sort of a, sort of a lobby that doesn't want a lot of uh, females in the workforce. So do you think um, there was a unfair power dynamic maybe earlier? Because I think the social uh, structure was designed in a way wherein set um, rules were. Um, given to a male or a female you know, and go out and, um, you know, fetch for the family, whereas the female was supposedly to stay at home and sort of um, take care of the of the family at large. Do you think um, it created a sort of a power dynamic wherein, you know, uh, um, especially in uh, Western countries wherein we see a lot of marriages being broken, a lot of uh, single mothers, uh, of course, they are also single fathers, but... Um, created a lot of single mothers who had to, you know, fetch and, you know, do all sorts of work to sort of get by and uh, raise their family. So do you think maybe uh, the consideration wherein a male was um, supposedly the person who would earn money and, uh, you know, that sort of gave gave an unfair advantage uh, to men and that sort of created a power dynamic uh, which, uh, you know, sort of, uh, acted as an as a hindrance um, to how women were perceived in society uh
1: definitely it i'm i'm not sure if i would uh, like to use the word power dynamic because i don't fully grasp it in this context uh but in general definitely because there were set gender roles uh things were it's not like things are like perfect right now either but still because of that, you know, we have been influenced by the past so much as well, where it was said that, okay, the women are to take care of everything around the house, the cooking, the cleaning, and the child rearing. And the men are to, uh, you know, be the breadwinners. And when, you know, there are more and more breadwinners who are men. So the decisions that are... because When you are the breadwinner, what are you doing? You're doing a job. What is that job doing? You know, uh, building a lot of different things in society, and that led to a lot of men being out there making decisions for the entire society because now that was their job. That that was their domestic uh, role of the house, uh, to actually go out and work. So yes, I do agree that that created a difference, but then. How much would you say that is an advantage is something I would like again in today's day and age is something I would question because if you are responsible for earning for yourself and for your partner and uh, for your kids and even in India for your parents, maybe, you know, if you have a, a brother or sister who's not married, then you're probably even earning for them. So it's a very stressful life as well. We all know how hard it is to, you know, earn money. Uh, So to say that it's just an advantage, you know, a permanent advantage that somebody has to go out and work. I don't think that's necessarily a a great advantage, though it has played a role in a lot of other places in society to to be considered that a lot of things have been perceived from a male perspective because, well, there were more and more men out there doing the work. So, yes.
0: Um, um, So, do you uh, you think Asa that there are some of these stereotypes, um, as you had mentioned earlier, that they are based around um, some sort of truth, maybe some sort of backing with regards to uh, how uh, they were formed in the first place. So, do you think uh, maybe these uh, stereotypes at times have also um, sort of benefited people in this sense, uh, maybe like um, I think a very common uh, stereotype. I wouldn't say a stereotype. Actually, it's uh, some something along the lines of um, how uh, men are probably um, physically stronger compared to women. Um, that I mean, I don't know, think even. that's
1: a stereotype. Like on average, right. that is a fact. So
0: yeah, I mean, like a, uh, it's backed by biology, right? Like uh, hmm. because of the level level of testosterone or the how um, you know. Oh, the bones. muscle yeah. yeah muscle mass and bones how these uh, have sort of played a role but um, now we uh, through media have seen a lot of um, push wherein people want to uh, you know participate in sports and sort of uh, so there, there was this case of this um, ufc fighter who was born as a, a male but um, changed his um, uh, changes gender to a female and he uh, went to the ring and he basically won every every other match. He even uh, sort of uh, was considered to uh, be getting the uh, the championship. But then, um, so this this sort of caused a discussion or uh, rather debate between two two um, sets or two lobbies of people, wherein uh, a, a, a certain lobby believed that um, it was unfair. For uh, you know the public or the people or even the federation to sort of stop him from you know changing his gender and then fighting if a person thinks um, that you know uh, he he is better off as a female he um, he would enjoy being a girl when it comes uh, comes to his profession. Um, whereas uh, another another lobby that um, believes that of course because there has been a biological difference. Let's not try to hinder that. Let's not try to change that and uh, you know, sort of lead, lead the uh, let, let uh, biology play its role. So what do you think when it comes to um, you know, some of these uh, some of these traits specifically uh, 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 given to a particular gender? So do you think um, we should sort of hinder that maybe something that is supposedly natural?
1: Uh, I don't think there's a problem. Like the, a lot of things that we do, which is not natural. Like flying in a plane is not actually natural. So I think questioning whether we should do something that's natural or not natural. Uh, I think given how we live right now, recording this podcast as well is not really does not really fit into something natural, right? But uh, if if somebody has had issues with their gender, if they have gender dysphoria and they go through uh all the right channels available channels where they actually uh you know go through counseling and uh they i mean that's what i know the process is i'm not like 100 sure that you know you go to uh doctors who determine whether you actually have gender dysphoria or you don't have gender dysphoria and uh when they decide on that we, they will agree to uh you know let you transition into a different gender and if that is the case with somebody if transitioning is actually going to benefit them in the future like who the hell are we to say that no you shouldn't you know mess with that and things like that but till that point it affects them and a lot of things in their life affects them but I think when it comes to competing I think that's a totally different thing altogether And, uh, though, again, here, somebody who is an expert in this field will, uh, you know, know the proper, uh, the proper details about this and probably will be able to talk about this in a much better way than I do. I think I, I know about it from a very layman's perspective. So yeah, I feel there, there's a problem. But then again, to say that they have to compete in the male category would, you don't be bad, would. Not not just be bad in terms of competition, but in terms of how somebody feels. So if that is the case, then there can always be a third category. We have, uh, you know, uh, the option to have that. Uh, not that it's a very easy thing to pursue, but uh, I think it's definitely unfair to all the women competing in the women's category for a sport, which like if you take. A sport like chess, for example, I mean, mm-hmm. that's all right. I don't even think they have a separate male and women female category for that. I'm not very sure, though. But when it comes to anything that that would give somebody a physical advantage in a sp- certain sport, I think, yeah, that is a conversation to have. And even from the trans uh, male perspective, like I feel like in a lot of these conversations, trans women are brought up, but there are very few people who talk about trans men mm-hmm. like i think we don't even have enough data to look at from that perspective to sort of gauge uh how advantageous or non or non advantageous it would be to compete in that category so yes
0: okay. um so another topic that i wanted to pick your minds on was with regards to how media currently is playing a role um you know in sort of establishing these mentalities or, you know, propagating a certain thought um, that is being accepted in the pop culture. Um, do you think the media, be it movies, uh, or newspapers, um, any sort of other outlets, maybe something like YouTube, Instagram, all these social platforms, do you think um, they are actually helping people who, you know, uh, might, uh, quote-unquote, have something like a gender dysphoria? They are sort of confused with regards to... Uh, what what uh, do they com- consider themselves when it comes to a gender or conform to a certain norm do you think um media is helping such people or do you think the media is actually manipulating it in a way where people are actually getting even more confused because uh, i believe there's a school in australia which uh, which um, took a bunch of fourth graders and just told the boys that you should uh, should say sorry um, to all the girls that you uh, that are in your class or in your uh, section just because you're boys. So, you know, I mean, and when the teachers were asked with regards to why such an exercise was um, undertaken, they said that this they thought that this was something that would, um, you know, help when it comes to empowerment or maybe um, sort of make the boys a little more docile than they were naturally
1: tended to be uh, i think the first thing you spoke about was media and then you switched to something else though personally i think media by itself is very broad and you know earlier i think we spoke about a different country and now it's about australia i think media in different countries is also very different uh like you know you don't see a lot of conversations about uh, trans people On Indian television or Indian OTT platforms it's actually very rare so I think it really depends on what media we're talking about and then it also depends on what sort of media somebody is consuming like you can say it can be a benefit in a place where you do actually feel weird and you don't know about this like I got to know about the existence of trans people because of media right so I think in a way it can help but Obviously, it has its downsides as well. I think there, uh, we have to sort of make ourselves strong enough and uh, make ourselves understand that everything you see online is not necessarily true. Uh, we need to sort of ha- have a have a thing in our head that we aren't so easily influenced by. Anyone, whether it be another person, whether it be media or something of that sort. Because at the end of the day, uh, what the media is trying to do is earn money. (laughs) So, you know, whatever gets them the most clicks. So we can't, uh, as much as I'm not very pro mainstream media, uh, as much as that's true, at the end of the day, I think it is upon us to sort of understand and decide and decipher uh, what what we should believe and what we should think and if you are saying that oh they are influencing i mean it's not like we're all like five-year-old kids right that anybody can just say anything and we get influenced mm-hmm. so yeah
0: um like um so i'll i'll give you an example actually uh do you think maybe the uh, first of all uh i'm to ask that do you think um uh, media is sort of manipulated the way uh you know some of these movements are going on because um so um, there was this movie, uh, Captain Marvel, which was, you know, presented um, as, um, you know, promoting um, fe- female roles and, like, having their own uh, important superheroes so- somebody, like, other women could look up to, other little girls could look up to. However, that movie failed, and a, a, a chunk of people thought that it was because um, the media or uh, for that particular movie had um, created a sense of, um, you know, entitlement when it comes to portraying that character. And, um, you know, I mean, you have uh, yourself reviewed a few series, uh, series that are closer home uh, here in India, uh, some series which um, depict a particular, uh, you know, a particular character uh, based on, totally based on their sexuality or maybe based on, um, you know, Maybe, uh, do you think th- there's a lack of uh, uh, discussion with regards to what uh, what can be presented to the people when it comes to, you know, um, children who are watching these series and these movies? Or uh, do you think it should be, uh, you know, um, it, the people should be given uh, the freedom to express as they want?
1: I think when it specifically comes to children, of course, there is, you know, parental guidance and, uh, you know, I I think a lot of parents do in general take care of what their child is watching. Uh, I mean, if the parents judgment is not great, then we can't really do anything about it. But apart from that, if it's not made for children, if it's made for other people, uh, I think it's completely about freedom. I mean, it's completely okay whatever you want to do. Uh, Unless, obviously, there's certain guidelines that you're crossing, uh, you know, based on the country where you come from and things like that. But uh, I think it's completely fine. I, I hate a lot of shows. I hate a lot of movies. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have been made, right? Because there are some shows and movies which I love, which people absolutely hate as well. So again, that's very much based on personal choice and the fact that the choice is available is what is great. Because if we just say, hey, these are these five shows and you're only allowed to watch that, then you might as well just live in North Korea, you know. Hmm. So yeah, uh, when it comes to Captain Marvel specifically, uh to be honest, I didn't know it was a flop like I saw it. I think it was like a fine movie. I'm not a big fan of superhero movies and or heroine movies for that matter, anyway. But uh, I think it was okay. I think, on the other hand, uh, Wonder Woman did really well. Again, I'm not sure because I have not watched it. But uh, another one, which was, you know, the other movie f- of Suicide Squad, I don't remember the name of it, oh, in which the it was one just with about.
0: Margot and Robbie? I have Mom. not
1: seen it, but I have seen reviews of it. <laughs> it is about uh, it is the harley Quinn basically yeah. just about her mainly. So yeah. Uh so you know that for for a lot of people was a flop. Like Ghostbusters for a lot of people was a flop. So again, it's like you know, it really it really depends. I mean, how much do you base a movie's uh reviews and success on what the media showed as it really depends like finally a lot is said by the pr team as well i think and finally it's who what decides whether it's a flop or not because it's so funny so many times i see uh you know movies with imdb reviews which are completely different from uh rotten tomatoes and which are completely different from google reviews so like I think it's a very broad, uh, broad category. Unless it's like some movie like Hamshakals or something, which almost everybody hated. Like there, I think there is a general uh, decision by everybody. But um, I like if you want to talk about media, that is one side of thing. But like combining media and what the media makes us think about movies based on gender and based on stereotypes, I. Think that's a very broad sort of uh, catch about it.
0: Okay. Um, so, um, of course, n- now since we have talked about media, another thing that I wanted to uh, bring up in this discussion was with regards to how products are marketed. Do you think um, there, there is a backing when it comes to um, there is uh, a backing when it comes to how certain products are marketed to a specific gender or maybe. Um, you know, genders, if uh, sound politically correct. So in that case, do you think uh, there are certain uh, products or maybe certain companies that are making a particular thing just to sort of, um, you know, appease a particular audience um, through their product or their advertising?
1: What product are you talking about? Like, is there any specific product you're talking about?
0: Um, Not a specific product, like uh, if I can give an example, maybe the marketing when it comes to clothes or you know um, things that we wear to make ourselves look presentable. Um, This is my personal opinion that I've noticed that um, the marketing or the advertising for each and everything that is um, available to a woman when it comes to how uh, you know, uh, uh, from clothes to makeup to uh, anything else, um, it is um, you know a huge market. I mean. Um, the way they are marketed or, you know, the effort that's put into uh, making making women believe that you need to have um, XYZ product uh, with you to, you know, look good or may- maybe make yourself presentable to a complete opposite um, approach when it comes to men, wherein it is almost as if um, they're telling us, yeah, that this particular product exists. So, you know, if you want, you can buy it. Otherwise, it's fine. So do you think in in that way, uh, somehow, some some of these stereotypes, like, uh, you know, girls have said that they'll cry easily or maybe, um, you know, uh, they're uh, very emotionally driven when it comes to their decisions. Do you think all this uh, also is because of the way, uh, you know, certain products are marketed to these genders?
1: Again, like I said, it's a very chicken and egg thing that, you know, uh... Today, do we behave a certain way because of what we see in media ads being one of them or, you know, our ads doing a particular thing because of who we are? But definitely the way male and female products are marketed is very different. Like you see the difference between male and female deodorants, you know, that itself is so different. You uh, I mean, what are the product like, you know, soaps like soap Mm -hmm. is not something that is gender based whatsoever except for maybe smell in your soap but i don't know okay. uh still if you see like the kind of advertising for a soap for women and the kind of advertising for like a body wash or soap for men is like so different so uh i think yes that is true and but you know to an extent it is again based on certain stereotypes uh where again some of those stereotypes are true like i've because I've worked in fashion as well, I've met a lot of different men and women who were fashion enthusiasts. And like in my whole class, we were, we were uh, I think about 90 students in the whole like foyer. Uh, and there were four guys and the rest, 86 of us were girls. So uh, I think there itself, you can see the difference. I mean, when I see in my family, which I, not family, just in my life, Whichever men I know, there are very few who give as much of a shit about what they look like and what they're wearing uh, as much as all the women, including me, do. So I think there is a difference inherently either or based on what we have seen or whatever it is, but there is a difference in our behavior at the moment. And because of that, I think advertisers are just out there to uh, capitalize on it and to uh, you know, bring out those stereotypes in a way to just make us buy more. I mean, at the end of the day, advertising is about, uh, especially certain kind of advertising, is about making you feel less. And only then will you go out and buy it. Because if a lot of advertisements start telling you that you are perfect the way you are, then I don't think many people will be out there wanting to buy stuff because they're already perfect. Okay.
0: Um, do you do you think there are any negative effects when it comes to marketing like this? Because I think one of the most famous ads, or you know, the most meme-worthy or critiqued ad, is the ads wherein you know they uh, they are sort of selling this um, fairness to to women, wherein mm-hmm. um, she goes to a job interview, she uh, she's told that no, uh, you're not fit for the uh, portfolio. Um, in a week, she applies that cream, and uh, by lunchtime, she's made the CEO of the company. So, do you think like some some of these advertisements or the way um you know like looks are almost um, um considered to be the major major part as to why an employer um, at least in this example would um, consider a, a female applicant, wherein for men um, that is never the case. It's it's generally um, generally any 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 of the cosmetic stuff that is um sort of marketed to men it is generally um, in a way wherein, uh, you know, they are sold this idea that if you apply um, XYZ cream or deodorant, um, you'll have girls fawning over you um, left, right and center. So do you think that sort of um, creates a divide when it comes to um, divide or actually creates a hindrance for many women wherein um, their self-esteem, um, they sort of tend to value it based on how they look or, you know, if they have used a particular uh, product or not?
1: Uh, I think Fair and Lovely just came earlier. But after that, we did have Fair and Handsome as well. And there are a lot of uh, male products, I think, in the market that do uh, claim to give fairness as well. Uh, In general, as a society, I think we give too much importance to looks, Um, not just advertisers. Again, like I said, I feel advertisers uh, advertisers are there to capitalize on it. But I think for women, the self-esteem part plays a bigger role because there are so many factors. I think for men, obviously, your facial structure and features uh, are something that there are men who feel negatively about. Then there's height, then there's body structure. But for women, like I think it's far more detailed, like nose shapes are a really big thing then uh, you know in between thigh gap was a really huge thing and you know there are things which are so specific which we would just think about and be like what the hell is this Uh, so for women there are a lot of specific things I think I can say at least from a personal perspective and yeah the reason why these ads would make you feel low and bad and things like that is Again, because if you don't feel bad, you're not going to buy stuff. If your self-esteem isn't bad because of the ads, then you're not going to buy stuff. So that's it. I think if we do come out of it to realize, uh, you know, there are so many things about your body you can't change. And in the long run, just what you look like is not really going to matter too much. I think only then there is going to be any possible change. Apart from that, I I don't think so like I, I have bought in the past like really dumb products I remember there's this one product which claimed that you know because we go out in the sun and all your uh, the color of your skin on your body and your face is turns out to be different so you use this cream and the cream magically turns it all into one color and I don't know how I actually believe that it happened uh yeah and then I bought the product and I realized how dumb of a purchase that was like how how the hell can it happen that you're they they can use a cream to match the color of your skin and your body it's not some sort of like you're not doing video editing that you can color correct it you know so uh yeah i think as long as we do have these self-esteem issues we are going to continue to buy dumb products as well um so uh
0: next being a personal question sort of um, uh, i remember you had this video wherein uh, uh, this video titled why i am i am not a feminist that's on your mm-hmm. youtube channel and then uh, um i didn't know i don't know before that but uh, since then i believe your channel has been named equalist Astha. like you No uh,
1: it's been like that since forever
0: okay okay so uh, yeah but uh, so i just wanted to know what um, according to is according to you is um, the definition of being an equalist when it comes to um, you know all these things and what do you think is the current definition of feminist and do you think um, that is helping women or actually um, doing the opposite? Uh,
1: I think I don't want to very much define what I call equalist. Equalist is not a real word it's a made-up word by me I'm sure others have thought of it too but I just use it and uh, I think the reason it's it's very personal to me and about my belief on uh, mm-hmm. equality and fairness and like not fairness like skin fairness she talk, just talked yeah. about but like being fair Absolutely. in life. Yeah. Uh, so I think any even even feminism in its roots, I think had very pure intentions. I think a lot of people still who do call themselves feminists or believe in equality do do have pure intentions but when you do make a movement out of something Mm -hmm. or you know because it's not like this movement has a leader like if you take religion for example uh, a lot of religions they do have certain leaders or people who they take their directions from you know it's more organized these movements are not at all organized and that's why you end up seeing a lot of bullshit that happens in it. And obviously what the media picks up is a lot of bullshit as well, because that's what will get clicks. You know, you hear the loudest people who might not even represent the entire movement. So that's why I feel like I wouldn't want to like give it a definition and make a movement out of equalism or things like that, because, you know, it's, it's going to follow pretty much the same path of being diluted and you know, a lot of people having their personal views on it, which might not necessarily match with the other person. And in terms of feminism, again, it's like, as much as people give a definition to it, and there's a dictionary definition to it, uh, everybody has such a different definition to it, which is one of my qualms about it. That is that, you know, it's, if you say you're a feminist, how, which definition of feminism do you agree with? Like, uh, I forgot that female's name. <laughs> okay. Who, you know who once said that she uh, she wished she had had an... Uh, Lena Dunham. Yeah. Like, do you believe in Amy Schumer's form of feminism? Do you believe in Lena Dunham's form of feminism? Like, what do you really believe in? So, again, does it do harm or good? I can say for my life, personally, it didn't do very good because uh, i feel like i was going into a very victimhood mentality zone because of it and trying to see things somewhere where you know it didn't really exist Uh, but uh, for some people it might also be it might also be very great you know it if you come from a a not so privileged background, or if suppose for example you're not confident, and you know you see certain things online that do make you feel more mm-hmm. confident and do make you realize that uh, the people around you, the things they say might not be the best for you, then maybe it will work out great for you. Uh, you know, if if a feminist NGO uh, gets you out of a really bad situation in your life, maybe that is beneficial for you. So again, that's so broad that you can't like give it one stroke uh because of the vast differences which are a part of it uh it it really depends person to person and also i don't feel that if you speak about which is one again one of my complaints about feminism is that you feminism doesn't have the uh, monopoly on equality right it's you know, if somebody says that, oh, either you're a feminist or you're sexist, like that's where I'm just like, OK, you know, you lost me. It's like you cannot uh, put labels on me. You cannot uh, uh, make definitions for me. Now, that is something that has to be personal. Right. So, yeah.
0: Um. So um, I think that that was, first of all, a great uh, breakdown, especially the point of um, regarding how maybe um, the definition of um, feminism has almost become subjective or, you know, people have their own uh, perceptions or, you know, maybe there's no unity of direction when it comes to the movement of feminism. Um, Ashtar, do you think um, there could be another movement or maybe um, some sort of um, activism wherein um, uh, both the genders can, you know, start uh, sort of, uh, once again, uh, combine their uh, uh, combine their efforts with regards to how uh, maybe we could go back to the social structures, um, not not exactly the way um, you know um hundred years ago it was supposed to be, wherein you know females were not allowed to work, etc., etc. But maybe in a way, um, sort of make it um, maybe at least uh, decrease the growing tensions between both the genders, because I believe right now we see a lot of, um, you know, if there, there's a video about the men's rights activist movement, there might be a sort of a debate in the comment section. Similarly, if there's a um, video about, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, video about feminism, again, there would be a debate between the men and women in that particular comment section or that particular forum. Do you think um, there is need of, a, uh, you know, sort of gender neutral um, movement, which can help both the parties, uh, realize their um, sort of shortcomings, their um, um, sort of powers, and sort of cohesively try and uh, try and work it out for, you know, both the parties.
1: I don't really think there's a need of um, a movement as such. uh, I feel like anybody who, I mean, I can't even begin to think of a, movement of that sort because again like I said I feel like if anything converts into a movement which might have a great idea in the beginning it mm-hmm. there's a very high chance that it gets diluted and you know becomes bullshit so I I mean yeah, as a utopian idea it's great to think of a movement like that but I don't think it's viable at least in the long run uh, you know just you just take animal rights for example great thing you stand by it but if you look into pETA's history for example and uh, certain I mean, pETA is the biggest one but certain other organizations you will find so many holes and so many gaps and so many things where you're just like what the hell is it so the same way that's why i feel it it's not about a movement but i really do hope that people do take again if they have the time and the energy and you know they are willing to put in the efforts people do take into consideration a lot of different things when they are you know around uh, around the opposite gender or around other people and uh, you know just basing their ideas based on various things uh, and thinking for themselves rather than just listening to what other people have to say Uh, and you know taking ideas straight from that rather than thinking about yourself so i think that is what the hope for the future is and i think a lot of people also are like that like i said a lot of people we see in the media are because you know the loudest they will show you the loudest people and the most controversial people because that's what you click on right but a lot of people uh aren't that way (laughs) a lot of people are normal people who lead normal regular lives so i think a lot of people are already like that where uh, they're just you know, they they think about the shortcomings that they ha- have themselves, and they understand the issues with the other gender as well. And yeah, they move on with their lives.
0: Um, so, do you think maybe not a movement per se, or maybe an activist movement, but or uh, maybe something like gender studies could be implemented in you know courses and schools, wherein um maybe um so, so as to um, you know give each gender a better understanding. Of, um like a male a better understanding of what is what it is to be a um, to be a female um, not not only biologically like not biologically but uh more so maybe emotionally or you know uh, mentally. do you think that that could be a possible uh, plausible solution when it comes to you know sort of uh, bringing in gender equity as well as you know um, creating a safe environment wherein uh, you know all these discussions could take place.
1: I don't think so because, again, that's that's like so controversial. Because why would I want somebody else to tell me what it is to be a female? Like, isn't that about my life and my experiences? Uh, so
0: yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like not firstly, I feel yeah,
1: I I just feel that again. We do think that oh, the you know there is. I agree, there is a gender war and uh there is there are people for whom things are not great because of it but uh, i think we are in a much better place than we were years and years ago uh i don't think things are as bad as we feel they are uh what we see on the internet is not necessarily people's behavior in real life always uh because, you know, on the internet, you're behind a screen and you can say whatever you want without any consequences. But I think in real life, people don't always behave the way they behave uh, on the internet. So I don't think it is so bad to even begin with that we need to teach people about men and women. Like I said, I feel mo- for most people, it's pretty understood. It's it's pretty much something they learn throughout life. Uh, and, you know, they evolve throughout life. But uh, there are just there aren't always going to be people that you disagree with. There are always going to be people who are extremists. So you can't, like to think about a place where everything is just fine is just a very utopian idea where I don't even think that's achievable in the first place. So, yeah.
0: Um. So I think uh, I would like to end the podcast with a bit, a tad controversial topic. Um. I would say it is a little sensitive. Um. I want to talk about what do you, what are your what is your take or your perspective with regards to um, gender fluidity and is there a case for the belief that there are you know multiple genders because i believe um, earlier you know uh, while filling a form or uh, filling a form somewhere you would have only two options male or female then i believe uh, s- someday uh, facebook just decided to you know add the others option and at that time, I remember it was, you know, just considered as, you know, something that, that would make people pop. They would, like, find it a little funny, et cetera. But right now, um, um, there's this um, almost notion, there's this sort of movement wherein uh, people are saying that there are actually multiple genders. There are multiple uh, ways a person can be referred to um, with regards to pronouns, which has, of course, um, caused such a furore in the media as well as, you know, universities, et cetera. So, um, yeah, please, please tell me what do you think about uh, gender fluidity?
1: I think for a lot of people, gender fluidity is about fashion. Okay. Well, and like, if they want to do it, it's totally up to them. I'm nobody to tell them what to do, what not to do. In terms of pronouns, again, if I feel in general, I am not somebody who would uh, introduce myself with my pronouns mm-hmm. but if somebody else comes to me and introduces themselves to me with certain pronouns which are not necessarily uh, what they look like or not mm-hmm. necessarily within the spectrum of he and she uh it's not like I'm going to go out of my way to disrespect them I'm going to try to uh, you know adhere to it just mm-hmm. you know because it ex- I mean I Obviously, I wouldn't want to uh, be put down if I do make a mistake. But uh, in general, I wouldn't really. I feel as long as I, I as long as I don't have to change a lot of things about my life, I don't care what anybody else is doing, uh, mm-hmm. and just out of basic respect, I would call them what they want to be called I mean unless it's a close friend or a family member or something which I've not experienced till now then I think I would have a better perspective on it about how to talk to them about it and you know have long discussions with them about it but for the most part I've only come across somebody who refers to themselves as gender fluid either on the internet or as an acquaintance where I feel like going too deep into it would be like overstepping my boundaries i mean that would just be disrespectful in general but like why would you i wouldn't go to somebody you know and ask them a lot of personal questions about their life which includes something like their gender identity Mm -hmm. so yeah i feel as long as you don't have to change a lot i don't really care but when it becomes like uh if it becomes like a really big movement and a lot of changes have to be brought about and things like that i think that's where there will be a problem i don't think a lot of people will agree with this so yeah
0: um do you think actually this concept of gender fluidity where in one day you could be a man another, another day you could be a uh, you know woman um that actually in a way is working counterproductively for people who believe in the concept of gender fluidity because um you know uh, earlier when we had these stereotypes that um, a person, a, a boy would become an engineer, a girl would become a doctor or, you know, certain fields were sort of demarketed that boys can only work uh, well in XYZ fields. Same for females that they could work in XYZ uh, fields. Do you think now since those barriers have been sort of broken and, you know, people have not only um, joined certain fields that were not believed to be, um, you know, something that... Uh, a person from a particular a particular gender could achieve a lot in they have been uh, you know idols in those fields. so do you think um, it actually works counterproductively for people who believe in gender fluidity cause suppose uh, um, there's a guy who wants to uh, maybe join kathak or maybe uh, something that is uh, stereotypically believed to be um, uh, done by women or maybe excelled by had by women and he sort of um, changes his gender just to you know fit into that criteria or you know think that he'll he'll uh, sort of have a better uh, he'll 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 be confident when he's undertaking that activity. Do you think that actually you know is the reason why you know these stereotypes are made that X Y Z can be only done by men and X Y Z could only be done by uh, women? Uh, I think this is a very
1: specific sort of example again like the number of people who identify themselves as gender fluid is so few for me to even uh i I just feel like i don't know enough about gender fluidity apart from what i've seen mostly on the internet so i mean like if if you talk, talk about sexual orientation i still feel i understand that to a certain level but uh You know, gender fluidity, I can just say I don't know about it enough to, like, say whether it's counterproductive or it's not or something. And if, if like, I I don't think the whole world is influenced by whether one person changes their gender one day to do Kathak, you know. I don't think that person is so influential to begin with. So, again, I feel at least right now it's at a very doesn't matter sort of place. I mean, do what you want to do. That's it.
0: Okay. Um, all right. So I do believe we were able to touch down upon most of the topics and hopefully we were able to incite some sort of intrigue and interest amongst the listeners with regards to uh, gender, which was today's topic. Um, thank you so much, Asta, for taking out the time to talk about this topic. Um, it was indeed a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And, thank uh, you. Although, thank you for having me. Right. And although um, this is not Uh, an interview based podcast but um, since we are living uh, going through very tough times the world at large is going through this pandemic um, I would like you to list out any three things that you think that you're grateful for and you know just just to bring about some some sort of positivity um, uh, to this podcast.
1: Um, I think I am definitely grateful for uh, the uh, the privilege that I am born into because which the pandemic wasn't as tough for me as I think it was for a lot of other people and uh I think I am grateful for having loving parents because uh, I know there are a lot of people who also do not have uh, great relationships with their parents and uh, uh I don't know I mean I guess that's almost it apart from that it would be the same thing but with friends so yeah i mean i've had a huge list of bad friends as well but luckily by the time i think we reached the stage of pandemic i uh, kept i held on to like close good friends and i am grateful that i learned that lesson and have better friends now that's it
0: um that's great that's great and for the listeners please go out and check out our channel which is named asta um she's available on instagram facebook as well as YouTube, and with mm-hmm. some great content that might bring uh, value to your life. With that, signing off, your host, thank you.